Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232.
battle-ready prayer. Praises be to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Holy One of Israel, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. I give thanks for a mind to pray, a heart to seek your face, and authority to bring my members into subjection. I thank you for this moment and the opportunity that each day brings. I know that each day is special and I am empowered with unlimited potential. There are no ceilings on my life, obstacles that cannot be overcome, or barriers that can stand in my way. In fact, this is the greatest day of my life, and I am free to exercise all of the gifts and talents you have blessed me with. My hopes and dreams can manifest today, and I approach this moment with great expectation for miracles, breakthrough, and deliverance. I stand before you, Lord, naked, offering no excuses or justifications for my shortcomings and weaknesses. I come, Lord, seeking your standard and not those of men. I pray that you will forgive me my sins, known and unknown. Forgive every thought, deed, action, motive, or intent of my heart that is not lined up with your word, your will, or your calling and purpose for my life. Please forgive secret faults and uproot any seed of discontent that has been planted in my life. Forgive me, Lord, if I have held back the tide, and give me a heart to restore every person that I have wronged. Just as you forgive me, I forgive those that have wronged me, and I let go of any art, bitterness, or ill will that I have held in my heart. I will not allow sin and bitterness to cut off the flow of blessings into my life. I repent right now in the name of Jesus, and I receive the power of the blood to cleanse me from all iniquity. I come before you, Lord, with a heart that is after your own, and a mind that has stayed on you. I thank you, Lord, for saving me from myself and the consequences of sin. I surrender, Lord, and give you total and complete reign over my life. I willingly submit to you in thanksgiving and praise. I thank you, Lord, for the relationship and fellowship that you have allowed me to share with you. I thank you for every moment, prayer, word, and opportunity to gain revelation and understanding concerning you. Forgive me for the times I have taken you for granted or moments where I have allowed my focus and discipline to slip. I choose you, Lord, and all of your benefits and denounce all ties and fellowship with the world. I have no place in the world and denounce everything that it offers. You have given me a choice, Lord, and I choose to be in covenant with you. I have crossed the line of no return, and I will not look back. Each day I am getting more and more like you and growing further and further from this world. My reality in Christ is more real than what my natural eyes behold, and I know that you are not a million miles away. You are right here with me every step of the way. I will have confidence in you, Lord, concerning every situation I face, every decision I make, and every temptation in my path. Give me an ear, Lord, to hear your instruction, eyes that will not be deceived, and a heart that will remain faithful. My life has been built on the foundation that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You died on the cross for my sins and your blood was shed for me. I exercise total faith and confidence in my belief that death was powerless to hold you in the grave and that you rose again and resurrected every dead thing. I receive your resurrection power and declare that there is no dead thing in my life. I speak life in all things pertaining to me. Even now, Lord, I pray that you will breathe life into my relationships, my home, my dreams, my career, and my calling and purpose. Let there be no cracks in my foundation and restore every bone that has been broken. I pray, Lord, that dead branches be pruned for me and my harvest bear much fruit. I offer no resistance and pray that all ungodly distractions be pruned for me. 
whether they are people, unhealthy relationships, environments, dead situations, ungodly influences, or anything that is not expedient for me. I distance myself right now from every dead thing and release them from my life in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that I have inherited life through your sacrifice, forgiveness for my sins through your blood, revelation through your word, and I have been empowered by your spirit. I take precious time, Lord, to fully grasp and consider what my relationship with you means. Help me to never lose sight of the fact that I have an adversary that must be fought each day. My adversary is the world and Satan who is the of this world. The world around me is not my home and each day it becomes more a reflection of Satan, its prince. I am not ignorant to Satan's devices and I understand that the world is designed for my destruction. The allurement of pleasure and the temptations that cross my eyes are for the purpose of robbing me of everything I have inherited through Christ. Every trap, every lust, and and, 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 and the church. That's, right. That's the way he should walk. That's the way he should keep himself in order. That's the way he should carry himself at all times. And if he steps out of that, he should be what? He, he, he should be made to get himself in order or step down. That's right. There shouldn't, be, there shouldn't be no excuses from the other brothers in the church or the preacher in the church excusing him from the way he's acting or he's doing or, or rationalizing or m making excuses because, well, we did Dick and so-and-so like that, so we have, to, uh, we have to excuse him. No, the Word tells you how to handle anybody in the church in that, the that uh, gets out of line. We've made excuses long enough. If you remember in the Bible, there were seven letters wrote to the churches. And there were seven churches, and each church got a letter. Now, only one church got a good, good report. letter from God. Got a good report. And that was a good report from God. And that was Philadelphia. Philadelphia right. was the only church out of the seven churches got a good report from God because they kept things in order the way God told them to. The, rest, the other six has got a no-no. And what we need to do, See? especially the last church. And we, and we the last church, and we the church led to sin. Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. That's because right. we think we have no need of nothing. So we are out of order. Uh -huh. We are the last church, and we are out of order all the way around. We need to get ourselves back in line, in order, in line with the Bible. We need to walk according to God's word. We think we got it going on. Let me tell you, no, we don't. No, we do not. That's right. The, the living word of God initiates in us a reverent and faithful attitude towards it. This faithfulness generates a certain tradition. Our faithfulness, however, always needs to be loyal to the living God who has revealed his will in the written word of God. Thus, the Bible holds a unique role that supersedes all human traditions. The Bible stands higher and above all traditions, even good ones. Traditions that grow out of our experience with God and His Word constantly need to be tested against the measuring rod of the Holy Scripture. Amen. And, that, and that's, the, that's what we were talking about, tradition. That's now we're right. going to go and talk about experience. Mm, experience. 
I'm going to go to uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. All right, you there. Let's go with it. Yeah, okay. Um, are you so blind as to trifle with and presume upon and despise and underestimate the wealth of his kindness and forbearance and long-suffering patience? Are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repent to change your mind and inner man to accept God's will. So how do we experience the goodness, forbearance, forgiveness, kindness, and the love of God? We also go to Titus 3, 4, and that's in the Old Testament. That's a short book, isn't it? No, uh, Titus, Titus. Testament. Yep, it's in the New Testament. T I T U S. Titus 3, 4, and 5. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior man appeared, he saved us not because of any works of righteousness that we had done, but because of his own pity and mercy. By the cleansing bath of the new birth, regeneration, and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Experience is part of our human existence, so it impacts our feelings and thoughts in a powerful way. God has designed us in such a way that our relationship to His creation and even to God Himself is significantly connected to and shaped by our experience. For well, it is God's desire that we experience the beauty of relationships of art and music and of the wonders of creation, as well as the joy of his salvation and the power and the promises of his word. Our religion and faith are more than just doctrines and rational decisions. What we experience significantly shaped our view of God and even our understanding of his word. But we also need to see clearly the limitations and insufficiencies of our experience when it comes to knowing God's will. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at... You won't know minutes. God's will if you don't read his word. You won't know. His will is his word. The his word is, is God. Word. God is the word. And that's his will. Amen. That's his will. Is knowing his word, not adding a little bit to it or doing it the way, oh, we've been doing it 20, 15 right. years like this. So we've been doing continue. it five years like this. No. So that's not God's will, that's your way. But reading God's word, following it, following it, that's God's instruction to man before he leaves this world. Mm -hmm. That's God's will. Exactly. We're going to go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1 through 3. 11, 1 through 3. I wish you would bear with me while I indulge in a little so-called foolishness. Do bear with me, too, for I am zealous for you with a godly evenness 
and divine jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband to present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But now I am fearful lest him, even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, so your mind may be corrupt and seduced from the wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Well, what he's saying is experience can be very deceiving. Biblically speaking, experience needs to have its proper sphere. It needs to be informed and shaped by the scripture and interpreted by scripture. Sometimes we want to experience something that is out of harmony with God's word and his will. Good, good knowledge comes from God. That's right. And God speaks through his word. He speaks through his word. If you get knowledge from the Bible, that's good knowledge. If you use your own knowledge, that's bad knowledge. That's ignorant knowledge. But when you read God's word, it's and wisdom. you let God talk to you through his word, that's the best wisdom and knowledge you can get. Amen. But when you take God's word and read it and make it to your understanding, mm. that's foolishness. It is. You're basically saying that. So here we need to learn to trust the word of God even over our experience and desires. We should be <clears throat> on guard to make sure that even our experience is always in harmony with the word of God and does not contradict the clear teachings of the Bible. Now, we gotta remember that. So we gotta you, be careful of our experience. Now you that said, Oh, I can't understand the Bible, then you need to learn how to pray. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us to understand it correctly. You need to learn how to pray. You need to learn how to use your needs. That's what you need to learn how to do. And God will help you understand the word. A lot of us don't know how to pray. A lot of us got too much, too much pride to kneel before God and ask God to send the Holy Spirit to help us, to help us learn, to, to lead us in the word. The word is not hard, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to understand it. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, like I said before, you foolish man trying to lean to your own understanding. understanding, and you'll never understand God's word. But if you ask God to give you the Holy Spirit to guide you, teach you, and lead you, there's nothing to it. So you need to drop your pride, get on your knees, call on God, ask God to give you the Holy Spirit to lead you in the word, and he'll give you some light. That's right. Amen. And we're going to come back and talk about culture next. But we're going to take a break. We want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 for Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour.
Amen. Raven, right here on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour. We just want to thank you for joining us once again as we talk about the Bible, the authoritative. First, we talked about, if you just joined us, we talked about uh, tradition. We talked about experience. Now we get ready to talk about culture. Culture, the meaning is the ideals, customs, and social behavior of a particular people or society. First of all, we belong, we all belong to and are part of a particular culture or cultures. We are all influenced and shaped by culture too. None of us escapes it. Indeed, think about how much the Old Testament is a story of ancient Israel being corrupted by the cultures around it. So what makes us think that we today are any better or different? The Word of God also is given in a specific culture even though it is not limit, limited to the one culture. While cultural factors unaffordable influence our understanding of the Bible, we should not lose sight of the fact that the Bible also transcends established cultural categories of ethnicity, umpires, and social status. This one reason this is one reason why the Bible surpasses any human culture and is even capable of transforming and correcting the sinful elements that we find in every culture. We're going to go to 1 John chapter 2, and we'll start from 15 through 17. Do not love or cherish the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, craving for sensual gratification, and the lust of the eyes, greedy longings of the mind, and the pride of life, assurance in one's own resource, or in the stability or earthly things. Right. These do not come from the Father but are from the world. Let me read 17 and we'll okay. talk about it. And the world passes away and disappears, and with it the forbidden craving, the passionate desire, the lust of it. But he who does the will of God and carries out his purpose, purposes in his life abides or remains forever. Amen. Mm. Amen. So think about it. So cultural, like any other facts, facet of God's creation, is affected by sin. Yes. Well, some people would say, well, he said the lust of the flesh. He didn't say my car. He didn't say my clothes. The kind of life. He said the lust of the flesh. He didn't say my house. All of those things are the lust of the flesh. Don't get the idea because it's a house, it's clothes, it's an automobile, it's money. He says, do not love or even cherish all right. the world or the things that are in Thank the world. Thank you. So when he speaks of things, that's things of the world. We get so wrapped up in things, things. 
that we forget all about Jesus. We forget all about who created things. That's right. Who God created things. us, and God allowed us to create these things. Things. See, so we forget all about God because we get wrapped up in these things. We forget about the Creator. That's right. We put things before Him. We make things our God. Exactly. We worship things, not our Creator. We love things and not our Creator. Exactly, because consequently, it also stands under the judgment of God. Yes, some aspects of our culture might align very nicely with our faith, but we must always be careful to distinguish between the two. Ideally, Biblically, faith should challenge, if need be, the existing culture and create a counter culture that is faithful to God's word. Unless we have something anchored in us that comes from above us, we will soon give in to that which is around us. Mm. Well. I always ask myself this. We become what we behold each and every day. That's right. And I always ask myself this. Will there be automobiles in heaven? I don't, I don't think so. I know it won't. Because we'll be angels. We won't be a need for automobiles. But now we'll be able to build houses and vineyards and things. It's in the Bible. That's right. We'll be able to do that, but he didn't say anything about no vehicle. Because we won't need it. Right. We won't have the need for money and all those right. things. Right? So there won't be automobiles. Will there be a need for uh, clothes? I won't need those either. Ain't no problem at all. We won't. <laughs> We're going to be immortal. <laughs> we, won't, we won't need clothes because we'll have the, the, the light of angels. Adam and Eve did not have clothes. We won't need them. That's right. Before sin, okay. they had the covering, the garment so you think about, of righteousness. You think about what sin brought that we won't need because sin won't exist. Amen. Okay. Amen. That's Amen. all you got to do is sit and think about what sin brought that we won't need. Cause we won't sin, need that covering no more. Right, because sin will be destroyed. Amen. And if sin will be destroyed, then you'll know what you won't need. Right. The things right. that you the things that you need here because sin brought it about. And you know what? It won't be no more darkness there either. Thank you. Amen. He said you won't have no need for the sun, the stars, the moon. Because God will be your light. Thank no you. More Come on with it now. And if you won't have no need for them, you won't have no need for clothes, you won't have no need for uh all of these things. You won't eat meat there. Because we'll be no more killing. Won't be no more killing. See, so all you gotta do is think about why God said, "For the love of things." That's right. See, we also gotta remember the followers of Christ are to be separate from the world in the principles and interests. That's right. But they are not to isolate themselves from the world. The Savior, he mingled constantly with men, not to encourage them in anything. 
that was not in accord with God's will, but to uplift and ennoble them. That's right, because he tell you what you bind here on earth, you bind in heaven. So the brother started getting the things in order here. Preparation. In order to live in heaven. That's right. And so we won't have a need for all these things that we have a need for here. Right. So that's why he right. tell you not to be of these things. Mm -hmm. Start getting used to not being of these things now. So when you make it to the kingdom, you won't have them in your head and your mind then. That's right. Amen. Amen. We're gonna now we're gonna talk about reason. We're gonna go into Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five. And oh, reason. Six. Reason. Second Corinthians. Okay. All right, there I gotta go down my sight in this. Okay. Chapter 10, five and six. And as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Being in readiness to punish every insubordinate uh, for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as church are fully secured and complete. So God has given us the ability to think and to reason. Every human activity and every theological Argument assumes our ability to think and to draw conclusions, right? True. We do not endorse an unreasonable faith. In the wake of the 18th century age of enlightenment, however, human reason assumed a new and dominant role, especially in a Western society that goes far beyond our ability to think and to arrive at correct conclusions. So in contrast to the ideal that all our knowledge is based on sensory experience, another view regards human reason as a chief source of knowledge. But this view called rationalism is the idea that truth is not sensory but intellectual and is derived from reason. In other words, certain truths exist and our reason alone can directly grasp them. Well, this makes human reason the test and norm for the truth. Reason became the new authority before which everything else had to bow, including the authority of the church, and more dramatically, even the authority of the Bible as God's word. So everything that was not self-evident to human reason was discarded and its legitimacy questioned. This attitude affected large parts of the scripture. All miracles and supernatural acts of God, such as bodily resurrection of Jesus, the virgin birth, or the six-day creation, to name but a few, were no longer considered true and trustworthy. See, that's the problem now. we God allow us to have this reasoning, but we go far beyond what the word say. Well, we are to our reason that we want to rationalize. Now, that's, that's something different. 
So you take reason and you want to rationalize it. That's and, it. Yeah, so you want to rationalize with that reason. Now that's mm -hmm. taking it too far when you want to start rationalizing along with your reason. Right. And, and, and so now you went too far to the left when you do that. See, it's okay to reason, but then you want to start rationalizing and reason. You're putting two things together that shouldn't go together. Because here's the problem. The truth is, we should remember the fact that even our reasoning power is affected by sin and needs to be brought under the reign of Christ. Human beings are darkened in their understanding and alienated from God. We're going to look at Ephesians in the Old Testament, no, in the New Testament, Ephesians 4.18. Ephesians, right there, right up on the second Corinthians, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 18. The moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is beclouded. They are alienated, estranged, self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the ignorance the want of knowledge and perception, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in them due to their hardness of heart, to the insensitiveness of the moral nature. So in other words, let us know our, our even our reason is clouded by sin. Yeah, that, 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 that's a man without knowledge and their heart has been made hard. That's so see. There you go. There you go. There you go right So we got to be careful of our reasons as well. That's right. That, that's, yeah, you without love. We need to be you enlightened know. by the God's word. That's right. So I, I'd rather read and get the knowledge than mm -hmm. sit there and reason and not have any. Exactly. Not have any. And that, that's a, that's a fool. That's right, because we said because our ignorant, because we're ignorant. That's right. That's the fool. See, the fact that God is our Creator indicates that, biblically speaking, our human reason is not created as something that functions independently or autonomously of God. Rather, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's, that's in right. Proverbs nine ten. Compare it with Proverbs. We're going to go to that scripture. Proverbs chapter 9, 10. In the Old Testament. That is in the Old Testament. Proverbs yep. chapter 9 and verse 10. 9, chapter 9, verse and, 10. And 10. Okay. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning, the chief and choice part of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight and understanding. And understanding. Understanding. That's right. Not, not rationalizing. But His Word. You get understanding when you get in God's Word. That's right. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Okay. In verse 7, Proverbs 1, you're still in 9, Proverbs 1, in chapter 7. The, in the reverent and worshipful 
Fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and choice part of knowledge is starting point and is an essence. But fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, That's right. instruction, and discipline. That's a fool in anything. A fool always rationalize and guess that they know. That's right. And guess that they know. He's the one that argues with you about the word mm. and think he knows. It's, it's only the, when we accept God's revelation embodied in the written word of God a supreme in our lives and are willing to follow what is written in the Bible that we can reason correctly. There, you there go. it is. There you go. There you go. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. That's and so the, the basic of understanding what we say the Bible is the authority, authoritative, mm -hmm. letting us know that we gotta be careful of our traditions, we gotta be careful of our experience, we gotta be careful of culture. That's right. Our reasoning. The Bible is the beginning of wisdom. That's right. And That's he tells it right. in his words. Yeah, read Proverbs 9, number 1. That's wisdom. Wisdom means. has made her house, putting up her seven pillars. All right. So wisdom again. That's right. It comes we, from above. We talk, that's why right. she talked about her house above. Wisdom, not rationalizing, not assuming, not thinking, not maybe, but wisdom is talking to God. Saying, meet me, Jesus, show me, Jesus, teach right. me, Jesus. Amen, amen. That's a man with wisdom when he calls on God, wait on God, and ask God to lead him. That's right. So we want to thank you so much for joining us tonight, talking about the Bible, the authoritative. And we're going to play a song. We're going to come back with closing prayer, and we're going to let you know and give, first give you our email address and let you know the days and times when we come on. So keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing Bible Study Hour.
Sounded good. We have to go. We thank you for joining us tonight. Cock on the wall with this time to go. Yes, it does. You said we gotta go. Yeah, every time it gets good, then it's not time. But that's all right. That's okay. That's right. Before we we go, we're gonna have, uh, I'm gonna give you the last little quote through the scripture. The Holy Spirit speaks to the mind and presses truth upon the heart. Thus, he exposes error and expels it from the soul. It is by the Spirit of truth, working through the Word of God, that Christ will do his chosen people to himself. Amen. So remember, Amen. the scripture is what speaks volume, but we know that knowledge comes from above. Knowledge comes from above, comes from my Heavenly Father. He, that's right. He has it. All we got to do is ask for it. And that's right. Have, he will. And it goes above our experience, our culture, our tradition, and our reading. Amen. So we, we just want to let you know we come on every Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. So you can always join us as we dig into the scriptures to get the truth of God's word. So we don't have to use culture, reasoning, traditions, right. and experience. God's word stands alone. He shoots straight from the that's word. That's right. That's straight right. From the word. So we're gonna have a closing prayer, and you can, if you have any Bible questions or if you need prayer, you can email us at r o b t g i n a fifty at gmail dot com. A mind to pray, dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting Help. We humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for a mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word, that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. Have a blessed rest of the week, and we'll hope to see you or hear you this Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And have a blessed night. Good night. Good night.